Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. attention to shame 
paying attention to self-aversions is a necessary gateway for awakening. It's not something to get rid of, rather the way we pay attention to self-aversion is actually the ground of the path.
Welcome, everyone, to America Meditating Radio. That was Letting Go by Bliss. What a beautiful way to start the show today. Wasn't it nice? We listened to a lovely introspection by Tara Brock um, on the Monique Rhodes album. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. It always gives me delight to have you join us on air to learn more about this amazing, incredible, energetic flow called life. Have you ever noticed that it just doesn't always just go smooth? <laughs> Have you ever noticed there's like a up, a down, an in and out, um, a victory, a defeat, a loss, and a, a gain? You know, there's always something happening. And as much as we try to get to that ultimate state of euphoria or that ultimate state of the final destination, it still doesn't always feel complete. I feel like that's what it's about. It's about the ups and the downs. It's about the ins and the outs. It's it's about all of that, and it's important that we embrace that and let that be what it is. It, don't you think so? You know, I think so. I think that we do need to accept the turbulence is a part of the journey, and there'll be a moment in time that we will elevate our thinking and awareness to such an extent that it will just be smooth. And even if it doesn't go the way we want it to go, internally, our souls, our spirits, like it's just not disturbed, it's not frustrated, it's not angry, it's not traumatized. Even though all of that is also a precursor to moving us higher, it's also there to take us to another level. It's, 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 that's what it's for. But at the same token, you can feel like stuff is just happening. You know, you become like a grandmama or a grandpapa, you know, on the porch, just rocking in your chair, just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, when you listen to the stories when everyone comes and tells you, and you're like, uh-huh, nothing shocks you anymore. You You've been there. You've done that. You've got that. And so it's really important for us to be able to find a resonance internally to really connect more. I love music, and I love sounds, and I love something that's melodic. And I've noticed that sometimes when I observe the playlist that I put together, there's something very much connected to a deep resonance of love but also sometimes there's some sadness in the music that I choose. And I, and I realized that a few years ago, I don't know if it's my sadness or it's the music, but, you know, those those songs that really make you feel kind of melancholy and, and, and they have you kind of reflecting and doing your life reviews. And so it's either I listen to those or I'm listening to, like, Pharrell Williams, the happy songs, Stevie Wonder, you know, and all these things. And I, I just see how music resonates so much in our souls. And today I'm really pleased to be welcoming our next guest. Dr. Jeffrey Thompson is the founder and director of the Center of Neuroacoustic Research in Carlsbad, California. He's also a physician, musician, composer, scientist, researcher, educator, author, visionary. Okay, and it continues, trust me. <laughs> but he has been a pioneer in the field of sound since the early 80s, and he continues to lead the way with his auditory, kinesthetic, and visual products and work. Now, the crowning jewel is his well-researched and implemented truly holistic biotuning modality, which is suitable for all ages and all concerns, through which he actually identifies an individual's fundamental frequency, and then he uses the timbre of the person's voice to enrich the healing potency even more. I wonder what he would say about my voice. <laughs> anyway... He takes one through 21 different brain wave states, and the last eight of which are very special for personal meditation and expansion of consciousness. Now, Dr. Thompson is recognized as a worldwide expert in the field of acoustic pacing uh, frequencies incorporated into musical soundtracks. I'm so looking forward to this discussion. Today, it's my privilege to welcome Dr. Jeffrey D. Thompson to the air. Hello, Dr. Thompson. Welcome on the air. Hi there. Um, I'm also hey. a dad, so just put that <laughs> on the list. 
Well, you know what? That's the big one. I mean, that's the I know, real big son, one. My son makes me young and gray at the same time. <laughs> I know. How old is he? Uh, he's 27 now. Okay, 20s. Oh, that must have been nice times for you between the ages of 13 to 21. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Well, the whole thing has been a journey, but yes. Yes, I got it. So anyway, thank you so much for joining us. I know how busy you are. Um, Dr. Yes, Thompson, you, you began your career as a chiropractor, and I find it very intriguing to morph into a different form of healing. And now your interest is in sound healing. Could you share with our listeners a little bit more about that journey? Uh, yeah, actually, I started out as an artist and a musician and a filmmaker. I went to arts, art college. I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree. Uh, I had a few businesses. I went back to school when I was 29, um, went to chiropractic school. When I graduated and was in practice, I was hired in the largest holistic health center in Virginia. That's where I had my first eight years mm-hmm. of practice. My backyard. And then I ended up, and then I ended up owning that clinic. And at one point, I decided um, that I could do something I've always wanted to do, and that's make an album as a musician and a composer. So I went and took out my first bank loan, bought a whole bunch of high-tech equipment, mm-hmm. keyboards and mixing boards, and racks of equipment and professional recorders. Put it in my spare room. And then my wife at the time wanted me to work on her back, so I popped up my table like I usually do in my spare room. And all of a sudden I saw that I had somebody on a treatment table in a recording studio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I consider that to be a setup by the universe <laughs> at large. <laughs> Absolutely. So it was kind of, I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, I wonder if I could make a chiropractic adjustment with a sound wave similar to the principle of sympathetic resonance, I should be able to play a certain frequency and have a wine glass vibrate or play a certain frequency and have a specific vertebra vibrate. So I set up an experiment, did that, it worked, and that little decision I made, that little wondering in my mind changed everything in my life. That, and that's kind of tends to be the way things go. You know, you the smallest little decisions turn out to be the key mm-hmm. place that your life hinges on, you know. I sometimes like that. Like by default, it feels like there's something more divine and sacred behind what's unfolding in our lives, don't you think? Yeah, I I kind of, you know, jokingly <laughs> refer to my circle of elders up there whose job it is to look out for the betterment of my soul. So they're constantly... Right figuring out how they're going to make it work for me because I tend to be a little dense. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe you. All right, so now you're going to be educating me on something I don't know much about, so I'm extremely interested to learn more. Um, When does our perception of sound actually begin? That's a really good question. uh, Between... 16 to 24 weeks while we're in the womb, all the the brain has developed to a point where it's all the senses come online for the first time. But we're in the dark, so we aren't seeing anything, and our nose and mouth are filled with fluids, so we don't taste and and, and uh, smell. But sound travels through water five times better than it does through air. So we're basically mm-hmm. in a float tank with sound waves amplified through the water of the amniotic fluid. And so the only thing we experience for the first nine months of life, all of us, is sound and vibration. Mm. So we're all kind of initiated together in the same kind of experience, all of us. Is it why it's important for a mother especially to not have her energy in an environment where there's a lot of like you know intensity, rage, negativity because the child in the womb can actually yep. feel that. Yeah. Yeah. The child. Well, I mean, the mother and the child are, you know, are one, one body. So yeah. anything that happens to her is happening to the child. So all of the kind of negative stress hormones flood into her bloodstream, make their way into the baby, 
if the mother's really stressed out and stressed out during the pregnancy, at some point uh, her body will find an extra pair of adrenal glands to use. And the baby, mm-hmm. baby will be born with weakened adrenal glands, which reduces adrenaline and corticosteroid hormones. And the corticosteroid hormones govern inflammation responses throughout the body. So the baby will seem to be born with allergies because they mm. have hyperhistamine responses everywhere because the corticosteroid hormones are low. Wow, interesting, interesting. There were studies uh-huh. done in Stanford years ago with... Uh-huh. Our friends, the rats, in cages, <clears throat> and the, they did an experiment where they took uh, rats and divided them into two different sections. One section, section was the enriched environment, and one section was the impoverished environment. So the impoverished environment was battleship gray, same food every day, nothing to do, no toys, no games. Those rats became unhealthy and stupid. Uh-huh. Uh, and the ones in the enriched environments, which was Disneyland for the rat, with different games and different colors and different foods and different things to do all every single day, um, they became robust, very healthy, and extremely smart. As a matter of fact, their IQ is 30 points higher. And their brains uh, look the same way as Einstein's brain, 30% denser uh-huh. with axon connections. So essentially, I hate to put it this way, a baby in the womb is a rat in a cage. Wow. Right? It's, wow. And the only th- way that you can change the environment, the only way you can enrich the environment is with sound waves. So during the pregnancy, you should play guitar, cello, put, put headphones on your belly and play Mozart and right. Beethoven and <laughs> talk to your baby, sing to your baby. The father right, should talk right. to the baby. You know, you can take a a, um, a paper towel, cardboard tube, stick it on the mother's belly, and talk in that tube and amplify it. So the father should say, you know, Junior, this is your father speaking. Right. <laughs> I like that. I'm that talking about enriching the environment, and you can almost guarantee a 30% boost in IQ. Yeah, yeah. It sounds interesting. Um, fascinating. So. What are some of the key principles upon which your work is based on? I think the primary principle that uh, differentiates a holistic approach versus a, say, a modern medical approach, an allopathic approach, is recognizing that there's an inherent uh, wisdom in the body. Uh, in other words, someplace inside of each of us is a biological, organic intelligence that knows how to grow my body out of two cells and differentiate the tissues into all the organs and glands and skeletal structure and everything else that I am and make it all function and run automatically without me thinking about it under the hood. And that system is called the autonomic nervous system, the the part of the nervous system that governs all my organs and glands and all my function, Mm -hmm. the the part that has the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. So essentially, if I have symptoms someplace in my body, I have digestive problems or thyroid problems or, uh, you know, back problems or meridian imbalances, it's not their fault. They're only doing what central command tells them to do. Nobody in the body works autonomously. This is standard physiology. Mm. The orchestra is orchestrated by the conductor in the autonomic nervous system. So essentially the problems that I'm seeing in my body is not their problem. It's the problem Mm -hmm. of central command starting to go awry out of tune, so to speak, and it's no longer sending the correct signals to govern everybody because everybody has to be in a very tight, synchronized dance with each other or the system doesn't work very well. Mm. So if central command drifts, then the systems that control begin to drift. And whoever's mm-hmm. the weak link in my genetic chain will drop first and have the symptoms first. You know, mm. So, for instance, 
if this goes on for too long, systems start to drift so far that they yeah. become pathologic, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But so basically the – and there's a – and so the basis of my work is that, is using a special medical monitoring system called um, heart rate variability and it's a special version of that that I have patented. I helped develop this system. It's a real-time heart rate variability with special screens. It can show the sympathetic, parasympathetic live on a computer screen. I can run you through some simple tests to see if it's functioning normally. And if it's not, I can make it function normally with a precisely tuned sound frequency. Based on the and person's voice? That's a little later. So first of all, we're... okay. First of all, we're trying to find a frequency that balances your autonomic nervous system. Interesting. And usually what I see is, so there's a simple test. When I'm upright, when I'm standing up, mm-hmm. gravity pulls all the blood out of my head to my feet. Right. So to counteract that, because that would, that would kill you, um, there's special sensors in my carotid arteries that sense the pressure drop and initiate a stress response that raises my blood pressure a little bit, kicks my adrenals, raises my blood pressure. And that's normal. That's called gravity stress. But mm-hmm. when I lay down on my back, no more gravity stress. It's easiest to pump the blood on a horizontal plane. So so the system should push in the clutch. The sympathetic, parasympathetic should go to zero stress point. That's called homeostasis. Uh, homeo within myself, stasis, complete rest, zero stress, and mm-hmm. in that situation, that's um, and that should happen within about three minutes. So if I lay, if I hook you up to this device and I lay on your back, I should see some sympathetic tone from the gravity stress with a little mm-hmm. bit of higher blood pressure, and the blood pressure, respiration, heart rate, and the sympathetic tone should collapse down to zero within three minutes. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, we have a problem, right? If it's persisting, which is what I see in just about everybody, a chronic, under-the-hood, chronic, runaway stress response that never stops. Sympathetic is always on. Where does that sympathetic energy come from? Is that something that's just innate in every soul, or is it from a particular thought process? Is it because of the environment? Like, where is it coming from? It's the the resting energy level that I have to be alive with, mm. um, and that's a good that's a good debate. I mean, number one, from a standpoint of physiology, it comes from me eating food. I eat food, I digest that food, I break it down through a series of chemical processes, and down at a cellular level, it ends up as ATP, adenine triphosphate, which is the basic energy unit of the cell. ATP is what we use, but on the other hand. The emotions, the emotional body, so to speak, from esoteric literature from the Far East, the emotional body also eats and digests food as far as emotional experiences. Mm-hmm. And it metabolizes those as a different form of energy. And my mental body also eats and it also digests food. And that food is perceptions of myself existing. Mm-hmm. Perceptions of myself, self-awareness, that I'm in this picture. There's not just events happening that I'm looking at through the windows of my eyes. I'm noticing that I'm looking out the windows, that somebody's there. You know, that's So if I don't have that form of food, mm-hmm. if I don't have experiences of myself existing, if I don't curl some of the energy back into self-awareness, then I don't have food for the mental body. And I don't complete okay. various octaves and harmonics and things in my body, and I don't complete the process of of coating myself with the soul or something. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So in every culture I, on I, earth, there has been this quest of how do I get to this place where I wake up? How do I get to this place where I expand my self-awareness, my consciousness, and um, meld more completely with the universe. And and that's what various meditation practices and various cultures, but every culture on earth has a sound tradition to boost 
that ability to boost me into a place where I can wake up. And I think that's how sound has been used in every culture to wake now, up. Now, I'm not trying to put a particular music in a negative or a positive genre, but when you listen to uh, rap music, for example, is that healing us, or would you say that it's taken the body or the cells in a different direction, or does it depend on the perception or the interpretation in which I receive the sound of rap, for example, versus Bach? That is a, a three-part series show. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so because even say, as, I, say even as I'm hand, asking you the question, Dr. Thompson, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't <laughs> want a problem with my hip-hop friend. But, you know, because I question but, that. But because let me, let me even answer that question. Let mm-hmm. me answer that question. The music genres, different types of music, jazz and rock and folk and and, and hip hop and all of it, all of the different kinds of classical music, all of the different kinds that you could have, um, speak to something inside of you, and mm-hmm. and it's language of the emotions. So. I like any kind of music, as long as it's good music, as long as it's well composed, put together, thoughtfully done. Um, Say, for instance, rap music speaks to a certain culture, and it's an emotional language that uh, that gives people something when they hear that music. Um, There was experiments done by a psychiatrist named John Diamond, um, who wrote a series of books. Um, He used stress testing to to test some of the greatest music, you know, orchestras and composers and soloists, famous soloists. And he started cataloging which kinds of classical music caused a positive response in the body and which caused a stressful response in the body. And he noticed that even a positive musical piece played by a soloist who is under great stress caused a negative response in the body even though it was normally a positive piece of music because the stress causes tension in the muscles which plays itself through the instrument which stresses you out. Mm. Then he noticed that um, the most healing kind of music that he could see classically was waltz music. Mm. And trying to figure out why waltz was, was so healing, he realized that the beat, the, the tempo, is a heartbeat Bum 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 lub dub lub dub lub dub heartbeat. So he started experimenting with heartbeats. Recordings of heartbeats. Recording mm-hmm. of heartbeats caused a generally really positive response and a healing response in the body. But a recording of a diseased heart caused stress. Then wow. he realized that certain kinds of heavy metal rock music was causing severe problems with the people who listened to it. Not all, just some. So in analyzing why those might be causing such a negative effect, he realized that the drum beat was a heartbeat backwards. So experimenting with recordings of heartbeats backwards caused an extremely negative effect in the ner- in the brain, something called neurological switching that switches out the right left hemispheres and their control of the opposite half of the body and switch them into the same half. And this neurological mm-hmm. switching went deeper than that. It went into reading the things that normally um, nurture me as being something negative and rejected and going after and <clears throat> and wanting the things that destroy you. Okay. Very powerful, interesting stuff. So, so yeah. it's not so much any I'm musical genre. It's it's something yeah. within as a possibility for any genre. So, okay. yes, okay. sound, music, I, I tempo think I'm getting have there. Powerful yeah, effects. Yeah, I think I'm getting the there. So, what are some of the conditions that can be treated uh, using sound? Well, uh, with so I've I've been now in practice almost forty years doing this. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, I'm the witch doctor at the end of the trail who <laughs> I see you after everybody else has failed. <laughs> <laughs> and that's because I have a, a few crazy tricks in my bag that other people don't seem to know about. And that's just been because of my life story, my life story and how it's unfolded. Um, but the all roads, as far as I can tell, stress, 
is the ultimate cause of disease. My ability to neutralize the continual stresses of the world impacting me is a sign of health. If I can successfully neutralize the stressing, stresses coming at me, I can maintain my inner balance and maintain my health. And that whole process is accomplished by the autonomic nervous system. That's what its function is. It's the center of the stress handling system. The sympathetic nervous system turns on in a stress response. I mobilize my defenses to fight for my life. And at the conclusion of that, I push the clutch back in. All the energy comes back into my reservoir. And if I'm not actively trying to save my life, where I will mobilize 100% of all available energy, or the parasympathetic is on where I'm trying to digest my food, eliminate toxins. If neither of those two activities are taking place using my energy, then I push in the clutch, energy comes back to my reservoir, and my body begins to work on its continual daily maintenance routine, Mm -hmm. a list of things that have to be worked on to maintain my health, rebuilding tissue, rebuilding joint tissue, balancing organs, detoxifying, all of that stuff is part of what my body's daily routines are. And if I'm stuck in running a fight or flight response all the time, which is the kind of situation that I have been seeing over the last 26 years of doing this heart rate variability thing, where I can see it live on my computer screen. You lay down your back and the clutch does not push in. Um, And that means I'm burning up all my resources. And all my resources are spoken for. So the daily maintenance routine is abandoned. And by definition, when I'm running a fight or flight response, the body will pull available energy from my gut so I don't digest my food anymore, anymore very well from my elimination system so I can't detoxify properly, from my immune system so I can't fight things off anymore, and from my higher brain centers so that I go in Mm -hmm. instinctive mode. So my memory, learning, my concentration is impaired for years, for decades, Mm -hmm. uh, until things start to break down and end up with diseases and symptoms. so, So at that point, who is the weakest link in my genetic chain? That's who's mm-hmm. going to get attacked first. That's who's going to mm-hmm. fall first. So, for mm-hmm. instance, let's say that my immune system is offline for 20 years. Uh, then it begins to falter, begins to lose what its job was. It starts to forget. It begins to attack things it's not supposed to attack, like, for instance, my thyroid or my gut. So if I attacks my thyroid, I have an autoimmune disease of my thyroid. I have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Or if it attacks my gut, I've got Crohn's disease. Or if it attacks my joints, I've got rheumatoid arthritis. And all of those conditions are the same condition. Mm-hmm. They all have different mm-hmm. fancy schmancy names. And then we, we believe that those names are different conditions. But in reality, mm-hmm. under the hood, the problem is the immune system. Not the thyroid, not the gut, not the joints. That's yeah, not the problem. Yeah. Oh, so, and the and the immune system is governed and told what to do by the autonomic nervous system. But the autonomic yeah. nervous system has been offline, in another mode, thinking yeah. that my life is threatened and running a fight or flight response all the time. And so, those conditions yeah, that respond. That clutch is not going in, right? So it's it's draining everything else. It's very powerful. Um, We're coming to a close to our conversation, and I can't end without finding out about your Biotuning Health and Wellness. It's a training program, and I'd love for our listeners to at least get a little bit of an idea about it and to leave us with uh, a website that they could find out more information. Yeah, the website is scientificsounds.com, scientificsounds.com. that's a good place. Um, I was in a film recently called The Heal Documentary. That's oh, yeah, I Netflix. saw that. That's where we found you. Uh-huh. Right, so that that device with the heart rate variability and the computer system is what's shown in that film, although it doesn't show much of what I'm doing with it except that I can uh, use certain specific sound waves to push in the clutch of the autonomic nervous system and heal it. So if I can do that, if I can force it to get out of this fight-or-flight response back to zero, then the body is back in a position where it starts working on its list again. 
And then you and I don't know what that list is going to look like. And from that standpoint, your rational thinking mind is the patient. Under the hood of your body is the doctor, and I'm the physician's assistant. That's the way things really are. God does the healing, mm-hmm. and doctor collects the bill, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the the healing doesn't come from anyone except inside you. And right. so what are the correct conditions that are necessary for those healing forces to wake themselves back up and be back in place? So for from that standpoint, a holistic standpoint, when I'm ill, when I have problems, symptoms, then the healing forces that are natural within me that usually take care of that are being blocked for some reason. In various holistic therapies, their job is to unblock that, unblock that biological organic intelligence that knows how to heal a cut mm-hmm. and do the same thing inside my, my body in a thousand different levels of taking care of business, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Interesting. It's so powerful. I wish I could talk to you much more because I think you've used a lot of language that I have to go look up now at Google so I can figure <laughs> them out. <laughs> but um, uh, because of the interview that I did see on healing and that documentary, it really sounds like something that we do need to know more about if we want to help ourselves. Um, Dr. Thompson, thank you so much. And yeah, lots you're welcome. Of, uh, good talking to you. Yeah, same here. Lots of good wishes and keep up the good work. Thank you. So we can, uh, you know what I took away? You can hear a sound, but also where you are intentionally. You know, what does that sound feed for you? Because um, I think that really determines the way that energy is going to move throughout your whole body. Please find out some more. I'd like for him to come back for part two. I thought that was fascinating. So go to scientificsounds.com if you'd like some more information on Dr. Jeffrey Thompson. Um, who's doing some work on sound. I wouldn't say like sound healing, but just to help us to know more about it, and it is a, a sound healing. It is healing power of sound. All right, so as we come to a close, remember and always remember this. No one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we are here to love each other the same. So let's do that more and more. And I'm going to end the show today with, you know, one of my, you know, I guess my, one of my old-time friends uh, and favorite song, um, Bliss. This one's called Lifted. Take care, everyone.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or in iTunes 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.